Welcome to a fantastic word from Pastor Marcus Dunham, an associate pastor here at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We are so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Well, listen, guys, we're ready to jump into the word. And um, I told myself I wouldn't do this, but I, I got to try. Did y'all know that, drink, that, that Jesus drank coffee? Did y'all know that? Hebrews. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Just by the, 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 the mellow laughter, I can tell that was a bad joke. But listen, I just had to. I had, you know, because we're going to the book of Hebrews. Come on, somebody. Okay, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop. Anyways, we're going to the book of Hebrews today, guys. We might have to cut that part out. Uh, but Grant liked that dad joke. Okay, we'll take it. Uh, we're we're going to be in the book of Hebrews chapter 13 today. And the title of the message today is Jesus Never Changes. Jesus Never Changes. Does anybody believe that Jesus never changes? Amen? And uh, uh, the book of Hebrews is, is very intriguing to me because, uh, you know, Unlike most of our New Testament books in the Bible, you know, we don't know who actually wrote the book of Hebrews. We don't know who that writer is. And not only that, but we also don't know who it's written to. So it's really interesting because you can identify who wrote any letter or any book in the New Testament, but it's very difficult on this one. And, um, and so it's, it's, very inter- it's very interesting to me in that sense. But when you read through it, you kind of learn some things about the people that he is writing to. And specifically, we learn that they're Jewish believers. And uh, these Jewish believers, they were going through some hardship and they were going through some suffering at this time. And so much so that it was you know, it was causing them to want to go back to their former way of life. So things were hard and they were contemplating going back. And their formal, formal way of life for them was Judaism. And Judaism, for those who don't know, it's uh, basically following the law of Moses in the Old Testament. And it's, you know, by following it, it was their way of finding righteousness. But, um, of course, we know that, that that's not, you know, that we find righteousness through faith in Jesus, but that is what it is. And, um, you know, it includes things like following festivals, eating certain foods, and offering animal sacrifices. And um, the writer of Hebrews, when he was writing, he was trying to encourage them and to reveal to them that Jesus was better. And that is basically the, um, that is basically the, the, the just of the book of Hebrews, that Jesus is better. He's better than any fulfillment, anything that they are required to fulfill in the law of Moses. He was better than the priest lineage. The priest lineage, you know, you know priests were super important um, uh, uh, in, uh, in the law of Moses, excuse me, uh, because they were the ones who were responsible for, for providing intercession for all of Israel. But the book, but the writer of Hebrews was letting, you know, was letting them know, trying to help them understand that Jesus, he was the great high priest. He was greater than any animal sacrifice because he was the ultimate sacrifice, that, that his sacrifice paid for all. And then even more, he said, uh, he said that he was even greater than Moses. 
Now, I know that that doesn't necessarily strike a chord for us, but for a Jewish family or for a person of Jewish descent, that was a big deal because Moses was like, he was like the godfather, you know, other than God, he was like the big dog. And for them to imagine that a man, because in their mind, they imagined that Jesus was just a man, that he was greater than Moses. I mean, that's just crazy. But of course, he was letting him know that he was not just a man, he was God, and he was greater than Moses. In fact, Moses' life was a picture pointing to Jesus. And so that, that was the whole point, the law of Moses, that it was never meant to save them. It was never meant to provide righteousness. It was only meant to point them to Jesus. And so he was wanting them to understand this along with many other things. And his point ultimately was that it was pointless for them to turn back to their old way of life. And uh, you can read it and, you know, it, it covers a lot of things. But eventually we get to chapter 13, which is where we're going to be at today. And in chapter 13, he switches gears. You know, he, in the first part, the first two thirds of this book, he's really trying to help them understand that Jesus is better. But then in chapter 13, he starts to give them instructions for how we are called to live. And he wants them to understand that there's a way for us to live as believers. You know, he, 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 he wanted them to understand that we can't just call ourselves Christians, but then live how we want to live. Amen? Come on, come on, somebody. You know, we don't just say that we're Christians and then we live and follow Jesus on our own terms. That's not how it works. When Jesus is Lord, we follow him on his terms. And, you know, Jesus says that if you want to follow me, that you must deny yourself and take up your cross. You know, it, it, it requires us to follow him according to his terms. You know, you know we are not our own. He, birth, he purchased us, excuse me. He purchased us on the cross uh, with the price. And that, was the, and that was the price of his blood on the cross. And so that's what he wanted them to understand. And so he's going through, listing out these different things. In chapter 13, you can read them. But then right in the middle of these instructions that he's giving them, there's this statement that he makes that connects back to everything he was saying about Jesus was being better. And then after that, he just kind of continues on. And, it, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's really interesting to me when I was reading it and, uh, but this verse is something that you've probably heard, you know, especially if you've grown up in church, you know, uh, if, if the word of God is ever in your home growing up, you have definitely heard this scripture, but we're going to go ahead and read it real quick. Hebrews chapter 13, verse eight. And this is what the writer says. He says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, when I was reading this, you know, it seemed a bit out of nowhere at first glance. You know, he, he continues his train of thought after sharing this as if he never made this statement. He never, it was like he never truly expounded on this point, you know, but we know that nothing in the word of God is random, amen? Every word, every letter, every stroke in the word of God is with purpose and is placed there with intention. So I was asking myself, you know, why did he put this right in the middle of these instructions? You know, there had to be a reason. And of course, we know that the word of God is inspired. So the writer of Hebrews, clearly the Holy Spirit, you know, 
was guiding him as he was writing this. So, of course, we know that. But there's a purpose. And as I was thinking, my thought was that I believe that he wanted them to understand that this truth was vitally important to their everyday life as a Christian. That as, because again, he's listing out instructions and then he drops this in there. And he wants, I believe that he wants them to understand that as a believer, it is important, vitally important for us to understand that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, I think in general that we all can be, everybody in life can be split into two groups. Those who like change and those who don't like change. Right? Am I right? You know, uh, if you know me, you know that I like change. In fact, I like to be spontaneous at times. You know, there's a, there, there, you know, there's a time for that. You know, I'd like to change things up. You know, well, except when it comes to food. I do like the things I like to eat. But in general, you know, I, and I, but I do like to try new things. You know, uh, my wife, she's the complete opposite. You know, uh, maybe some of you here, you know, you are like me. You like change. You like things to switch, you know, you, know, you, like, you like to switch things up. However, I understand that there are also people who are the opposite. And, uh, you know, you prefer for things not to change. You know, there is comfort in knowing that you can predict when something is coming. You know, you, you prefer to know what tomorrow is going to look like. Melinda's looking at me with a big old smile on her face saying yes. <laughs> but, you know, we all, we all generally either are one way or the other. But regardless of what we prefer, it doesn't change the fact that things are constantly changing. You know, relationships, our relationships change. The weather changes, especially in Southeast Texas. We, I mean, did we even have a winter? I mean, did we? You know, uh, you know, listen, you're changing. You yourself, you are changing. Public opinion changes. Culture is constantly changing. Politics change. And politicians, they change. The economy is changing. Technology continues to change. Stock market, value, interest rates, we can keep going. Things continue to change. And that ultimately, the point is that everything in life changes. However, while many things in life do change, Jesus does not. Jesus doesn't change. In fact, there is a theological term for this. And, you know, really, you don't have to remember this, but it's just interesting to know. And uh, it's called immutability. Immutability. And uh, that word immutable, what it means is unchanging over time or unable to be changed. So that word mutable comes from a Latin word mutabilis, which means to mature or means to change. And that word M is a negative prefix, bringing us together as a saying that's something that doesn't change. And when we talk about God, God's immutability, it means that he does not change. I want to share a few scriptures on God's immutability, on his unchanging nature. Uh, Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 says this, I the Lord do not change. Pretty plain. James chapter 1, verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation 
or shadow due to change. There's no variant in God. There's no other variety of God. And there's no shadow in him. There's no darkness in him. He is only light and he does not change. He is the same. Job chapter 23 verse 13 says, but he is unchangeable. He is immutable. And who can turn him back? What he desires, that he does. You know, you know we can change our mind. We change our mind all the time. But Jesus, but Jesus, God, he does not change. He is the same. And there are plenty more verses that we can continue reading. But, you know, this kind of gives us an idea of who he is, that he does not change. And what we know about change is that it, 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 is that it happens over time. You know, value increases and decreases over time. The impressions we make, you know, we're either impressing people or we're depressing people over time. You know, our bodies are changing over time and we hope for the better, you know. You know, but, you know, regardless, things are always changing. But Jesus, he is eternal. He does not change because and over time, while things do change, he does not. He exists outside of time. And he existed before time, and he will exist after time. Everything within time has a beginning and an end. God does not. Which, by the way, if you've ever just tried to think about it, you know, I was telling my, my daughters about this, and Naomi, in her head, she was like, what? He doesn't... He, he, well, where does he start? I'm like, he doesn't have a start. <laughs> you know, you know I, actually, you probably shouldn't do it. It probably just, you know, just hurts your brain. But it's just, it's just amazing to me that God has always been here. There's never been a time where he was not here. He has always existed. In fact, he created time. And he stands outside of it and he's not affected by it. See, see, you see, Jesus, who is God, does not change, cannot change, and he will not change change. God's character doesn't change. You know, God is always good. He will always remain good. His love for you will never change. That's who he is. The Bible tells that he is love. And the only thing he was ever angry about was sin. And Jesus took care of that. So he gets to love you. He gets to love us. That's who he is. His mercy never changes. His compassion, his compassionate nature never changes. God's attributes don't change. He is eternal and he always will be. He is infinite. He is holy. He is omnipotent, meaning that he has all power. He is all-knowing. He is, you know, who he is, he never changes. That is amazing. And that is what the writer of Hebrews wanted these Christians to understand. So why? Well, there's a couple of things that why he wanted them to understand. Number one is he wanted them to understand that Jesus doesn't change with the culture. Jesus doesn't change with the culture. And this was an important point that the writer wanted them to understand because he was wanting them to know that Jesus was God. He was God. He was not just a good man or just another man like any other. He was God. And regardless of what the, the people, the non-believers at that time who were trying to convince them of something else, that he was something less than God, he wanted them to understand that he 
is God. And you see, just as they were trying to convince that Jesus was something less than God, it's no different from today. You know, the culture of our day tries to define for us what it means to follow Jesus and who Jesus is altogether. You know, culture tells us to speak your own truth. Well, let me tell you that there's only one truth. And if my truth says that your truth is a lie, then, only, then, that, that, then that means that one of our truths is wrong. Jesus, he says that he is the truth and the only truth. He is the only truth. Culture tells us that there, that there is only one, that, or that following Jesus is only one way to heaven. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus says that he is the only way, and he is the only way. The only way that leads to, the only way that leads to the Father and the only way that leads to heaven. That is who he is, and that doesn't change. And then, you know, I was on YouTube uh, shorts. You know, they do these little shorts. And there's this pastor who, who uh, he's a self-proclaimed pastor. And he was talking about how Jesus sinned. It's laughable. You know, and, and how Jesus repented. And that is a straight lie from the devil. I mean, and I looked at the views and there were over 10 million views of people watching this. And people imagining that this was true. But we know that there is no way that Jesus can be, that that Jesus could have sinned. If he sinned, he wouldn't be God. He is God and he never sinned. He came, he was born of a virgin. He lived a perfect life. He never sinned. He went to the cross. He was buried. He died. He was buried on on the third day. He rose from the grave and he ascended into heaven and he sitting at the right hand of God. And that's where he is today, waiting for the time for him to come back. That's who Jesus is. That is who Jesus is. But you know, uh, you know, uh, Zach Rowley in the first service, he was talking about the different ways that the devil tries to deceive us. And, and he talked about how the devil wants to deceive it. He wants to deceive us, excuse me, destroy us and try, uh, and try to divide us. And we have to understand that the devil, when we see things like this, that he is doing exactly that. That he is looking for ways trying to confuse, deceive, and mislead people from believing, for people to believe in a different Jesus. A Jesus that doesn't save. That is a lie. Those are lies. And the truth is that who Jesus is in the Word of God is who He is today, and He has not changed. Regardless of what culture says, regardless of what public opinion says, Jesus, He is the same. And we cannot allow media, public opinion, culture, or anything to sway us from who Jesus truly is. The Word of God says that if he be lifted up that he would draw all men to himself. But only Jesus can do that. And we have to hold the truth on who he is and to make sure that we, our children, and the people around us are not being swayed from the truth. Amen? The second thing, so he wanted them to understand that Jesus doesn't change with the culture. And the second thing that this writer was trying to get them to understand is that Jesus does not change with circumstances. The writer of Hebrews, he wanted to encourage them. 
Because again, they were going through hardship and, were, and he, did, he wanted them to, to not allow their current circumstances to, to, to change their position on Christ. Between the cultural shaming, the societal pressure, and the threatening persuasions, the Christians of that day were challenged with the temptation of walking away from their faith and going back to their old way of life. And it probably just would have been easier. You know, it, it, they would have experienced less pressure and they would have just been able to just fit in. But regardless, the writer wanted them to understand that Jesus, who was, who was also persecuted and crucified and who rose from the grave and descended into the heavens, that he too, that he was still on the throne and that one day he would return. He wanted them to understand that Jesus was the same. And because he is the same, he is the one that, we, that they could call out to. You know, there are times in our life where we just feel like throwing in the towel. There are times in life where things get difficult and we just get tired and exhausted. Situations of life become harder and harder to deal with. We get overwhelmed and stressed and afraid and anxious and depressed, angry, you name it. And when we go through these things, our, attentions, our attention and our focus get set on the things that are right in front of us. And we tend to want, we get tempted to fall back into our former way of life, to whatever that may be. And we know what those things are. We get tempted to want to fall back into what we know. But the Word of God tells us that even though our situations change, God, He is the same God. He is not changing. He is the same God who redeemed, who saved, who delivered in the Word of God. The writer, he wanted them to know that just as God delivered Moses, just as God delivered David, just as he overcame sin, death, hell, and the grave, that he was the same God then, and he was still the same God no matter what, that they can call out to him. You know, regardless of what we face today, and, and times get difficult, the Word of God wants us to understand that Jesus who is the same, that he is ready and able to save, to help, to deliver us in our moment that we can call out to him. He is faithful and he remains the same. And just as he stays the same, the same he, he, wants, the, he wants the same to be true for us, to, to, to stand with him. So how do we respond to this truth? Hebrews chapter 12, we go back a chapter and this, I feel like, just encapsulates this uh, of the book of Hebrews. And it says in verse 1, it says this, Therefore, since we also have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let's rid ourselves of every obstacle and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. He says, listen, let's, let's toss aside the doubt, Let's toss aside the, 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 uh, the, the things that are weighing us down, the, the anger, the fear, the worry, the concerns. Let's toss aside so we can focus on what it is that God has for us and what he has called us to do, who he has called us to be. And I'm sure that when we think of that, 
It's not always easy to figure out how we do that, but verse 2 says this. This is how we drop every weight. Number two, verse 2, he says this, by looking at Jesus, by looking only at Jesus, the originator, the originator and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Man, he says right here, for us to drop the weight, for us to drop the things that are causing us to want to go backwards, set our mind, set our eyes on Jesus, the one who doesn't change, that we can look to him and he is the one that we can call out to him and cry out to him and he will deliver. I thought this was interesting. He says that he talks about the joy that was set before him. And, and I, I don't think that the joy that was set before Jesus that caused him to endure the cross. I don't think it was just him being Lord over all. I don't think that it was just him being able to sit at the right hand of God and, and, and him and all things coming under his feet. I don't think that that was just it. What was the joy set before him? It was you. Amen. You are the joy. He did it for you. And just as he did it then, he's, he, he is making intercession for us today. You see, he is the same God. You know, one of my favorite songs that we sing in church and that's being sang all over the world is that song, Same God. And you know the lyrics. I'm calling on the God of Jacob, whose love endures through generation. I know that you will keep your covenant. I'm calling on the God of Moses, the one who opened up the ocean. I need you now to do the same thing for me. And he goes on to say in the chorus, in the chorus Oh God, my God, I need you. You know, that is the cry right there. In our moments, of difficulty, we stop what we're doing. We say, God, I need you. Lord, I need you because you are the same God. Amen. Amen. No matter what comes our way, we can trust that Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that he will be there for us and that we can count on him. Therefore, let's look to Jesus because he is how we overcome. So a few takeaways. Number one, let's do not allow culture to change our perspective on Jesus. Let's not allow what's being said on TV, on YouTube, on the things around, it, just whatever culture is saying, let's not allow it to move the meter on who we know Jesus to be. Because Jesus is not changed by the culture. He is not swayed by the culture and what they say. He is who he is. And we must also hold that same banner. Number two, do not allow your current situation to discourage your hope in Jesus. Regardless of what you're facing today, let me encourage you that Jesus, he is the same and he is with you and you can cry out to him. We can cry out to him. Whatever that we are facing today, he is faithful. He is faithful. Do you believe that, that he is faithful? God is faithful. We can trust in him. We can hope in him. And our hope doesn't have to be in what faces today. We can trust in him that regardless of what happens today, that we can trust that he will deliver in his time. Amen? Amen. Amen. And thirdly, 
Let us look to Jesus as the answer for the problems of yesterday, today, and forever. Let us look to God. Let us look to him. Let's cry out to him as he is the one. He is the only answer, the only true answer for our problems that we are facing today. Let's look to Jesus to answer the enemies that haunt us from our past. Let's look to Jesus. Look to him to deliver us. Let us look to Jesus to solve the problems of today. And let's continue to look to Jesus to help us with difficulty in the future. We can trust in him. Anchor your soul in the fact that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen, 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 amen. Thanks again for joining us for this incredible word from Pastor Marcus Dunham. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastors and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.